Welcome to the Dads Unplugged podcast, where we are just a bunch of dads sitting around, shooting the shit and hanging out. This is raw and unedited. Uh, I am your co-host, Sean Pace. And I am the co-host, Nelson Osorio. And Sean, this is going to be exciting. Uh, Delano, just I just kind of want to go in. I do know who you are because of Clubhouse and your voice resonates <laughs> through throughout the platform you have a have you ever been on the radio i just wanted to ask right away because you have the voice of a radio host you know i I, i've I've, people have told me that um since my since my you know music days singing days performing days uh, but never the radio and you know what nelson what's so funny is that i always wanted to be a radio announcer like when i was a kid i always mimic the radio announcers and i just thought it was a cool job yeah but but no no one ever no 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 one ever said that to me until Clubhouse really. Well, that's definitely surprising, and we're we're real excited to have you as our first official guest. And for those that don't know it, Delano A. Johnson is also the wonderful artist who designed our logo for the podcast, and we're very grateful for his time. Not just on that, but as of today, he's a very busy man, leading a creative world as he builds it out. But Delano, would you please also share with our guests that are listening um, kind of a little bit about you and and you as a father? Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I can't believe I'm the first one, man. It's like just, just total privilege to, to be here. Like this is going to be down in the annals of the great, you know, podcast that lived forever. <laughs> and when they pull is like when they ask the question, what, what, what's the first one? You know, it's like I'm gonna be right there <laughs> with you guys. So it is it is absolutely an, an honor. Um, you know, I came from the Bahamas. I grew up in the Bahamas and I was a kid that uh that wanted to do things beyond where I was. My mother always made me believe that whatever I could imagine or whatever I could dream, like it was possible. The only thing standing between where I was as a kid and where I wanted to be was the passage of growing up. So she would always say, when you grow up, you can do, right? So if I said, I'm going to be a billionaire, I even didn't know what that was. She would say, when you grow up, you can do that. And so it was just amazing um, what she did, the, the Jedi mind trick she played on me. And she made me believe these things were all achievable. Like there was no, listen, when I say that there was nothing between me and the thing that I could imagine that I wanted to be or wanted, like there was nothing in between it other than my mother's words saying, when you grow up, you can have or you can be. So, you know, I left the Bahamas after high school and um, man, she made me. So what would happen is when I got in trouble, my mother would make me give a, I had to do, give an essay, uh, write an essay, or I had to give a speech on like whatever it is I did wrong. So most of the time it was a speech because I just hated sitting and writing, right? So I would just stand up and I would just say, well, the reason why I, I went outside and when you told me not to is because you didn't actually tell me what time to come back in. So I figured, <laughs> and I would I would do all these things, man. I would just find creative ways. And she never punished me for that, but she punished me for the thing before, right? <laughs> but But... So, so she just figured out real creative ways to, I guess, you know, spark my imagination. And um, I was always called creative. My grandmother, you know, she would, she would, she, 
my grandmother played the drums in the church. She's now a nice. hundred and two. She was she stopped playing the drums wow. when she turned a hundred. That's incredible. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I'm telling you, man, it's 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 just amazing. So I come from, you know, they were all entrepreneurs. My mother was an entrepreneur. My father was executive chef of two of the major hotels on the island. And during the summers when we would go to the to the hotel, everybody knew, you know, who we was as kids. I remember walking around the property and everybody knew who we were. All those chef Johnson kids, you know, and they would give us stuff. You know, it was just real. It's just a lot of fun. And then my dad lost everything. And then all the fun stopped. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He, he lost everything, never recovered from it. And uh, he's 96 now. He's Dang, 96. bro. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's 96. And so, you know, I went into creative fields, did pretty well. Um, I had to give an essay and I had to give a speech when I turned down my, um, it was a scholarship that some of the Rotarians actually put together uh for me to go to georgia tech to study uh architecture and um and civil engineering so i did a year back in the bahamas and then i wanted to go to school but i decided to go into music instead of that and my mother made me again i'm now 18 years old and i had to i had to give a speech and and write an essay as to why why I wanted to do that and how I was going to support myself and my family. I'm 18 and I had wow. to tell how I was going to support myself and my family. Wow. So, so man, do you, it, do you think that helped having to sit there and, and kind of, well, two things. Do you think it helped growing up in an entrepreneurial family, helping you to get to your career? Oh yeah. It's the confidence, the confidence mm. to, stand up, the confidence to be in front of people, the confidence to speak your thoughts, to ideate even on the fly, to to correspond, to imagine. Like it's it was just the this boundary that she helped me to cross. And I think um, mm. uh, with, with any time that I had to do that, I had to gather my thoughts and then I had to present. And ironically, mm. that's what I did. And that's what I'm doing since since that time. I mean, that's how I earned a living, really. I live. I lived on stage, and I live presenting. So, most definitely, uh, it would help my passage. Yeah. So, do you think that's what drives you the the best? Uh, the the best to be a, an excellent dad is is what you've done and and how you grew up and and as a creative, it allows you. I you know sometimes we're able to look at things a little different than just a, a black and white um, trying to be a parent. Yeah. You know, for me, Sean, I think, to be honest with you, the failure of my father had me questioning what fatherhood was, first of all. And I think that big question mark set me on a course to, one, discover how do you sustain that? Like, because he was like, he didn't talk much, but, and there were some, some great moments that we had but I, I was I was actually a little nervous about success and fatherhood. Mm. And to me, they kind of it was the same thing. If I was successful as a father, it meant that I could provide and support. And and so right. so it was really one and the same. So my, my desire really came from from seeing him struggle from having three homes and then going to a one bedroom apartment and having seven boats 
and you know three of them were yachts and you know just being the man wherever he went yeah. people loved him so uh, for me it was it was more of i i didn't want that thing to happen to me mm. and so that passion led me to be like even when i was in you know in junior high i would tell my friends like you know i'm gonna get married i have three kids you know dog named Sparta station wagon a house with a white picket fence and a two-car garage like that was my thing right there like i'm gonna have that i'm gonna do it like it's gonna be i'm gonna have it you go you guys gonna come visit me so and and i achieved that because because of the fear of failing mm, okay delano yeah. how many how many kids do you have three you have three kids is yep. those principles that you that you took from your dad's failing like how do you are you doing anything intentional to give your kids that mindset or do you think that's just something that they're going to pick up on their own along the way yeah that's a really good question nelson because uh learning happens with saying or hearing and then it comes with modeling so we have to hear the truth or an mm -hmm. idea and that's the seed of possibility and imagination and then we need external stimuli, visual clues to show us how that thing looks in the real world. So I, I actively, and particularly with my sons, I actively say, well, this is for you and this is for your grandson. And our, my goal is to invest in your grandson's first business idea. So they've been, I've, I had these conversations with wow. them you know, from he was a kid, like I, I, I had this premonition that my first, my first, uh, my son's first child would be a boy, and and I had this when I was really when I was really small. I was about probably twelve years old, and I wrote his name down, and so when my son and I knew my first child was going to be a boy, and wow. and when that happened, like I had the premonition, but when it happened, I was like, oh, so I'm not crazy. So then I told <laughs> him, I said, hey, your first child is a boy. Right. And his name is Benjamin. So my oldest son, like he he's he if you ask him today, what's his first son's name? He tell you it's Benjamin. <laughs> so I lived I kind, I kind of lived this thing out with purposefully. One, it's serendipitous for at, at some level. Right. Because we're, I'm also still figuring this thing out, you know, sure. but, but but another level, it's like. I want him to know that he's not here alone. You know, both of my sons and my daughter, like you're not here alone. You come from a string of successes and failures, but watch what mm -hmm. I do. I'm going to take the mm -hmm. failure and convert them into something that you can learn, some lesson that you can take away. So I'm, I'm definitely, I think you, as a father, you have to be totally active and engaged with that process with your kids. Yeah. I asked because my son's 10. So even when I'm, I mean, I meet so many people on Clubhouse. When I'm listening on Clubhouse, is what can I take from these leaders, from these successful people, from a Delano Johnson who's was raised by entrepreneurs who had success, who has failure? How do I translate that into a conversation with a ten-year-old? How do I teach him some of these principles that the schools might not teach? Right? Yeah. You kind of you kind of go through school and they teach you some some tactics on success. But they're not going to tell you about, again, your story, your dad being successful, failing, the impact that that had, and then the impact that that has on your fatherhood style. Same thing. Sean, I'm sure, has a ton of stories on failing. I mean, Sean fails a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, constantly. But 
but eventually he'll have success. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Eventually. <laughs> eventually, eventually I'll have success. But yeah, I think you're I think you're right. And it's and it's what for me it was the losing um my job during because of COVID. So it wasn't anything I did, right? It wasn't my performance or anything I did. And to try and turn it into a, a learning example for my kids and not just you're going to sit down and feel sorry for yourself. You know what? This happens. It, it's just a course of life. And if we can learn from it, even just learn a little bit, um, then I believe it makes us better, better people. And that's why we're doing the podcast and why we're lucky and blessed to have you on Delano, because I want to learn from you. I want to make myself a better dad. And in this conversation I've had with my son and it's, I screw up. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm loving. And both my kids know if, if that's all we can become in life, loving, caring, open humans, everything else works out. It, yeah. it does. But if that's at your core, then that's the best. And that's why I want to, we wanted to really have you on is because, I mean, you even wrote a book about it, about some of your struggles and what you went through and, um, and how you've come out the other side and what you've learned. And yeah. I won't ever write a book. I'll promise everyone out there that won't ever happen. Thank God. <laughs> but if, if we can take something from, from you, Delano, it's that you, you had your own experiences and I believe your kids have learned and that's being imprinted on them for their kids on, on how to be uh, a good human. And we're, we're really grateful for you. So is that, I mean, would you just mention briefly, you know, a little bit about your book, because it is a great book. And I know that's not what you're on here for, but I want people to know about it so they can learn as well. Yeah. So the book was really, it, it was a, it was a cry for freedom and action, right? Um, I, I lost everything. Amazingly, I told you my dad had three houses and I had three homes. And it's just amazing. We say we don't want to be like our parents, right? But we end up exactly like them in a lot of different ways. One of the mm -hmm. books I studied was actually centered around epigenetics and how we as parents, as, as children, are predisposed to make the same decisions our parents make when placed in the same scenarios and situations. So uh, that was remarkable. And it really helped me to see that. Uh, that my son actually could walk the same road as that of my father. And in studying that, I realized that perhaps it wasn't my father, perhaps it was some things that he didn't decode or rewrite or re life scripts he didn't reprogram with his father. And when I went back to study my grandfather, it was the same thing. He lost everything he had around the same age. So it was, wow. a, it was this, this journey was amazing. I, I, I start to feel like, you know what, maybe this is something here for not just me or my family, but maybe this is some lesson that I can convert um, this experience into something tangible to help walk people through the process of how you get out of this. How do you reprogram your DNA, if you will? You know, how do you reprogram the things that you're predisposed to? And so I did that. I wrote this book. I read over 300 books when I was depressed and suicidal because I'd lost everything, lost my home, my cars, all those things I said I wanted as a kid, I had and more, right? 
and and then I lost everything. So I was depressed. And I remember sitting in my house and um, it was dark. The lights were off. I was actually reading b- via a candle. I'm, I'm in a I'm in a almost an 8000 square foot house <laughs> on 1.3 acres. And I'm in there reading, using the, the, the bathroom with a candle and wow. buckets of water. Like this wow. is like my neighbors. Listen, my neighbors are celebrities. Wow. So it was psychologically, man. It was it was very difficult to get to get through. And um, and uh, so so I wrote I wrote the book after reading um, over three hundred books. I extracted about one hundred and seven principles. When I realized it was a book, I said, you know what, let me truncate this to about 10 chapters that's digestible and the book was born it was called refuse to live talented and broke and because i felt like there was a lot of fathers out there and particularly i had a lot of friends during 2008 the crash of 2008 Mm -hmm. experiencing what i experienced but on you know other levels and i felt at that point you know i had a decision to make i could become a statistic or i could be a superman when I looked at my kids, I was like, "No, nah, I got to be Superman. I just got to be Superman. I got to be Superman." Yep. And it's, that's the interesting place. Like, it's not about the failing, right? It's about kind of picking yourself back up because that's what the kids are looking at. They're gonna it's, see you fall flat on your face, but you know, my son. So, I actually just recently had a meeting, a family meeting, and I call all my kids in. And I had him around. My, actually, it was right here. I had him around here. And I was talking to them about, you guys seen Daddy fall. You've seen that we had everything. You've seen you've been to the house in the Bahamas. You took the private plane and the, the limos. And, and I said, you saw me lose everything. You saw me cry. And I said, so, so I'm working to make sure that you don't have to go through this. Mm. And then I called him in front of the computer. And I opened my accounts and I showed them exactly what was in the accounts. You know what was so interesting? Like they didn't know how much money we had. Well, how much I had. They didn't have <laughs> not their money yet. <laughs> but 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 they, they didn't know. And and my oldest son said, I thought you had just a little bit more than that. <laughs> my youngest son said, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it was because of, and he said, because of the sheer grit and how hard you work. Mm. And 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 it was it they wasn't surprised, they wasn't phased, they didn't ask for a bunch of stuff after that. They didn't like and I said, this is your foundation. I said, what I lost was your children's foundation. I said, that's my job, is your children's foundation, and your mm. job will be your children's foundation. I said, that's what we call generational wealth. And we mm-hmm. had a really good conversation. We talked about, I told him, hey, you know, we have a family therapist. We have family this. We have a family office. We have these things. Da, 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 da. And so they were all, they were all uh, very, very graceful. Very graceful. Wow. They received wow. it well. And then my son went and worked hard to buy himself a car for 1500 bucks. He sold sneakers, sold sneakers. He didn't ask me. He just said, I'm going to buy a car. I said, well, if you, if you save up and work for X amount, I said, I'll double it. But he went ahead and he purchased it, I think for 2000. Good for him. But he had to have the insurance and he had to have, I still got to give him the gas for a year. So 
But that was it. You want to buy a car, you got to have insurance for a year and you got to have gas for a year and you got to have maintenance for at least six months. So See, those, yeah, th those are the kind of things, right, as dads that you might not necessarily have seen growing up, but you know that's impacting your kid. You yeah. know, the, the fact that he went to get a car knowing he had your help financially, but still did it on his own says a lot. You know, that's yeah. definitely a lot. His character, strong character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just wouldn't offer my son any money. I'm like, go do it yourself. <laughs> go. Good luck. No, no. I'm kidding. You know, I can't no, it is, but I, it's recorded. I, yeah, you have. Oh, yeah. No, but you do. In, in some in some ways, you, you want to make sure that 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 air of entitlement, you know, doesn't yeah. land on them. Like, you know, yeah. this is. Like and and there's there's this fine balance between making sure that it happens, and particularly when when you live in a in a in a neighborhood where everybody is affluent or everybody have mm -hmm. stuff, have toys, mm -hmm. right? They have a bunch of toys, and it's like you know, hey, listen, Johnny's dad is a billionaire. We we don't got that kind of money, so no, you you're not gonna get. I'm not gonna buy you a new Mercedes 500. No, you're not gonna get that. Right? <laughs> you know, so, but so. but isn't but the the interesting part is. Even if you could, you still want your kid to learn that principle of hard work and that satisfaction of buying something themselves yeah. with their own hard work, you know, uh, money and their, their own hard work grit. And that is tough. The more affluent you get, the harder it is sometimes to instill those principles. So is there anything like specific that you've done aside from the car incident? Because that's interesting to me, the fact that, that he went and did it himself. You said he sold yeah. sneakers as well. Oh yeah. So yeah. So my younger, my younger son, he's been an entrepreneur since he was five years old. Like the, listen, when he was in, when he was in seventh grade, I got a call from the principal and said, Hey, your son's got 200 bucks on him. All cash. He's like, uh, we don't, Mr. Johnson, like, you know, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> and so I had to go down and I'm like, I never, I didn't even know he had the money. And I'm like, I'm like, David, where'd you get this from? He's like, I flip sneakers. You do what? I, I wow. buy and sell sneakers. He said, and so he's a sneakerhead. Like he's a true sneakerhead. Like he got me some Gucci's, like real rare set of Gucci's with these Chinese uh, dragon on it. And like he's a sneakerhead. So he knows all those sneakers. And ever since he was a kid, I bought him some Jordan's retros. And man, he was like, he's a sneakerhead. So, so he had a sneaker detailing. And then he does custom design for sneakers. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he went, uh, then he started a t-shirt business and um, I introduced him to uh, Damon John and Damon John gave him a lifetime access to his, all of his knowledge vault. So, I mean, if you're just handing out introductions, <laughs> just going to throw it out there. Well, I, I you know, mind, I wouldn't mind being your son for a couple hours. <laughs> well, <laughs> I made it. I made it possible for him to be introduced to him. I, mm -hmm. I met uh, Damon through my mentor, Dr. George Fraser, uh, George C. Fraser, who was actually on the app. But but yeah, it, it was that and my daughter. You know, they see the thing. The thing is, though, what happens is, my son and I, my oldest son and I, had a conversation the other day, and he's like, and and this is what I realized. I didn't realize how much of a Superman I was to him. Mm. And he said, Dad, he said, you know, when I was young, I believe you could do anything. And I just look at him like, I never knew. I never knew that because that's what mm -hmm. I was trying to achieve. But you don't know when you've actually achieved it until your kids tell you that.
And so yeah. when he said, he said, I, because we got, you know, they went through a divorce, the, the entire family went through a divorce. And that's exactly what happens. The entire family goes through that divorce. Yeah. And so we had one of those conversations, which is a very difficult conversation to have. And he said to me, I had to realize as a, as a young man now, he's 24, um, that you were human. Mm. Mm. He said, he said, you were oh. human. Wow. And he said, I see he's like now, cause he's got a girlfriend, right? He's, 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 he's had his heart broken before he's got a girlfriend. So <laughs> our conversations is, yo dad, how do you do? Like, how do you, <laughs> <laughs> how do you put up with it? Like, how do you do this and stay calm? <laughs> so I'm like, now you understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to so, the party. Yeah, right. <laughs> like now you can suffer with the rest of us. Right, right. <laughs> welcome to the life of relationships, and uh, right, right, it gets right. real. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's real, but but it's another level to to now. I'm moving from being like dad to like mentor and mm. friend, mm. and and so it was just a wonderful thing. Like he's, I I heard him on an interview with Sway. Uh, in the morning, he was on with Sway in the morning. And, you know, he said, you know, my dad is my mentor. And uh, he never said that to me. Wow. Right. But but when he mm. said it, I was like, wow. You know, that's real. You know, I was yeah. that some that's, bad that's, tears. That's, you know, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did something right. You did something right. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Just yeah think I, mean, I just think I got I think I lucked out, man. I think the lottery for for good kids and you know even though we're divorced you know their mom is equally she we had a philosophy of that uh our kids have a voice and so mm. you know what whatever the, whatever reasons they gave for doing what they did you know um we hear them but you know if, if punishment was was applicable punishment wasn't wasn't you know withheld but but they had a voice you know they they, they have a voice and and i think i think that served us well um and uh yeah but but other than that man it's just a passion not to be like my dad and always i ask my kids every year to to grade me i say how they do as a dad oh wow man. wow you're, you're ballsy yeah really serious mm. i got a personal goal <laughs> like, you no, really, i got true. a right true you get the grade and you're like, I'm going to do something about it. I'd get the grade. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm dropping out. I guess I'm on a, I guess I'm on a performance improvement. Plan. No, no. Um. Hey, no, no. I guess that means no allowance. <laughs> <laughs> then you go and bribe them for a good report. Hey, right. Know, right. Dad reports coming out next year. I know. I'm, I'm a straight A dad. I wonder why, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh man, Sean, do you, we're, we're coming up close to, to wrapping up. Uh, we want to be respectful of, of, of obviously Delano's time and, and the listeners. Is there any, any must ask questions for Delano? Yeah. So we got, I got, I got two more. One, um, I mean, you've got the book that'll be out there forever, but what mm -hmm. is, what do you really want your legacy as a dad to be? If you can sum it up in, you know, a few words, what, what do you want it to be? It's, that's very easy. I want my great grandson when he had his first business idea, when he had his first business idea, to go into an account that will have a video message from me or whatever my kids are responsible for in, prospect, in posterity to keep that alive. 
but he has a message from me saying that I was thinking about him way before his father was alive. Wow. And I would want him to feel that type of leg. I have no legacy unless my great grandsons can think like that. I, on, okay. I only have a history. I wow. have a legacy when, when my great grandsons can say, well, my father started this business. You know, my great grandfather started this business and I will be homeswoggled <laughs> if you would let it go. You know, <laughs> like, why, like, why do they have an accent? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, it's like because this is this this is how we equate wealth. It is blue money. It is European long extended lines of wealth that grow beyond generation from generation from generation. So I want my great grandson to experience that, and so that's when I've that's when I have succeeded. I wouldn't even be around mm -hmm. to to see that, but it will feel good in terms of of leaving my legacy plan. Uh, to my sons uh, and my daughter to know that they have instruct a set of instructions to carry out that legacy. And hopefully they, they add to that, you know, they add to that for their great grandsons. So, so that's when I've achieved, you know, fatherhood and, and my reason for being. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. This is the follow-up question to, to that amazing answer is what is your best dad joke? Oh my God. That's a tough one. <laughs> um, I used to do this thing. Well, it was, it was crazy. It's just the walrus. You know, I would put the two Chinese, I thought we eat Chinese food. I would take the two sticks, put them in my nose and I would waddle, waddle around. And it, it, it was hysterical. Like I, I can't do that now, but, but it was, <laughs> it was hysterical. Typical dad know. at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah yeah you know it, yeah i would do that and 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 they would laugh and you know i tried once doing it uh older and they were like dad you're embarrassing me you know so i so, so that was I that was the that point was, where you were just like all right i need to stop i need to stop at, at to that point is, yeah now, now it's just grown-up stuff like we watch we, we like comedy you know we watch kevin hart or you know mm. stuff like Rich, richard Pryor. i had him watch richard Pryor the other day oh wow they're all you know over 18 and they were like <laughs> it was they were like man this is real funny stuff here yeah so so that so that's what i would say man that, that, <laughs> the walrus the walrus yeah uh honestly i if i were to ask you one last question Look, and before I ask everything you've shared, um, again, I, ha I have one son, he's 10 years old. Just mm -hmm. being able to hear that you've had success as a dad, your kids are turning out great. It wasn't always a great scenario. You have failed. You were still able to make it. That's inspirational. You know, it's it's, it's a really good thing to have someone like yourself. I, I really hope people listen and share uh, this episode because it's a, it's a good thing to have because it's not always easy. You know, when you're in the worst of times, you need to hear a few other guys that just can can spitball some stuff like this in 30 minutes, give so much value. Um, so I definitely appreciate it. And this question, Sean, is for you or Delano, whichever one of you guys wants to answer, feel free. Um, would you, if you had an option, would you prefer to fight a duck the size of a horse or a hundred horses the size of ducks? 
a duck the size of a horse or a hundred horses the size of ducks? I I would fight a duck the size of a horse. Yeah. Really? I, I, yeah. Instead of a hundred mini horses? Yeah. Interesting. A duck yeah. the size of a horse. The only problem is the the duck that's the size of a horse can fly. <laughs> not, not not really. I didn't think about that. I mean, not really fly, but you, but they can get up. Do you and want that so, thing jumping on top of you? <laughs> yeah, that is it, it'd be, so. Yeah, but 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 horses the size of a duck, they can just they're just gonna be running around like little puppies. So, Hundred of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if the size of a duck, I mean, listen, a kick, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you said it's fight, still, right? So it still yeah. hurt, right? Yeah, I mean, it'll, 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 it'll hurt, but I mean, I, I think I, I think I can manage getting a weight. Uh, take your chances. Yeah, I, I take my chances with a hundred ducks, the okay. size of a, a hundred horses, size of a duck. I had to ask. It's one of those things. My kid who he watches TikTok asks these questions, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> That's a big duck. You know, am I? <laughs> Delano's gonna get off of this, and he's gonna be thinking about this for the rest of the days. I'm like, I am. I mean, like, did I say? The, did I give the right answer? <laughs> Do I have a weapon? <laughs> right? How fast are these little horses? What is happening? That's all I got for you. That's all I got, man. Well, Delano, oh, we gotta say right. thank you so much for for your time today. And and if people want to find you, where is the best way for them to locate you on the uh, on the intranet out there on the social medias? What's the best way? Uh, oh, hey, yeah, just, just hit me up, DelanoAJohnson.com, uh, and you can find me. Um, I'm Delano A. Johnson everywhere on my social media. Uh, all my handles are uh, is Delano A. Johnson. Just check me out there. IG, I'm on IG most because of Clubhouse, uh, or I'm on Clubhouse as Delano A. Johnson. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. have your own website. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're famous in my book. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna go That's rethink the my first life now. Thing in 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 owning your own intellectual property is to own your own name. Like you should you should that the minimum is to own your own name. Well, tip tip number five hundred from Delano today. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, but we really appreciate it. Thank you again for the logo. Oh, Thank you for good, being man. our first guest. Um, oh, this has been wonderful, man. We we're very grateful for you and look forward to seeing you again on the many ways that you and I interact and, and as well, as well as Nelson. And um, thank you to everyone listening today. We, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. This was one for Delano. Yep. You were the perfect first guest for us. This was a fun time. Um, And, and for clubhouse purposes, you're on clubhouse running daily rooms, correct? Yep. Yeah, we're we're on clubhouse. We're we're getting ready to release. I um, founded a, a club called the house of creativity. Uh, which Sean is definitely a part of that. And um, who, I mean, he's just so instrumental in helping us to get our stuff together. And so we're launching that, that uh, a website so that you guys can check it out uh, for all the Android users. And we'll be uh, broadcasting as well as on um, Facebook and YouTube and um, live. So, so yeah, just, just stay tuned and, uh, you know, Ooh. follow me on at Delano A. Johnson. So stay up. That's on, exciting. On yeah. Oh yeah. That's exciting stuff. You know, the clubhouse plug is perfect. The hopefully people find you there. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Um, you know, we're not editing any of this, so all the things you misspoke, 
they're going to go live. It's just <laughs> oh, out there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And for everyone, everyone watching, follow Delano, follow this uh, podcast, share it with, with another dad or single parent that needs to see this. Yes. Dads unplug rock. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys out there soon in the clubhouse streets and out in the podcast world. Have a great day. And this is Sean Pace. No, it's no sorry. We're out.